Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos, and today we're going to be talking about multi-dog homes. And there is something that has occurred in the last week or two that has prompted me to discuss multi-dog homes. And it's a little bit of a sad story, but I will start off with talking about Jake and Charlie. So one of my clients has two sibling dogs. They, obviously, were born at the same time in the same litter 12 years ago. And, oh, forgive me, Alison, if you do listen to this, it was either Jake or Charlie who passed away. I think Jake passed away and Charlie's still with us. These dogs were joined to the hip. And because they spent every single waking moment and sleeping moment together, there was no separation. Now, Charlie is, in the last three weeks, has been struggling in all sorts of different ways the howling the distress he's looking for jake he can't sleep at night it's even gone to a point where allison's sleeping in another room sometimes she sleeps on the floor with him it it, it's a total mess so i'm sorry allison i've outed you um but we know that and if anyone listening we could be empathic to be that well it's a very tough situation for you and your dog and you know you know you've you've lost a dog of 12 years but not only that now we have the stress and and the and the anxiety from from charlie which is really making things tough so we're coming through ways of trying to address and deal with this situation it's going to take a little bit of time and again first of all why it is that i haven't got the clearest best answer is that i don't very often see sibling dogs that live that old and then one of them dies they struggle with their anxiety even just in terms of the time scale of what i've been of of me being in the industry it's been about 11 years so now only are we going to start to see a lot of those young puppy dogs now becoming a little bit older and and their demise is close so you know i'm going to start seeing more and more of it i I believe just because of the nature of of my relationship with my clients etc however not many times we see sibling dogs because most people get one dog at a time and they add dogs as they go on. And we've talked a lot about raising sibling puppies. So just type in sibling in your search bar in Life With Your Dog podcast, um, wherever you listen to the app and wherever you listen to the podcast on your app and you will find that episode. I highly recommend listening to that if you're interested in this topic because I'm not fully all for getting sibling dogs. And if you are, then listen to the advice that we share there because... It will probably prevent things like what's happening with Charlie now, but also just for general life, like it can get pretty hectic. And remember, this is one thing that I like to say to my clients is you have two dogs or even three dogs. It's not one plus one equals two dogs. It's two dogs times two dogs makes four dogs. And this is, we're talking about addition, um, multiplication, not addition. And I'm talking about effort that is required. So when I say, oh, I've got an, I'm going to get an extra dog, which is going to be twice as hard. Sometimes it becomes four times the amount of effort. Depends on the preparation 
and the routine and the consistency and your skill level and experience that you've acquired. So sometimes having three dogs, especially when three dogs aren't trained, you have three times three, you have nine amounts of efforts to be put in, not just one plus one plus one equals three amounts of efforts because that because dogs entertain and, and G themselves up. And in this case with Jake and Charlie, they've always been together, they've never been separate. So now we have to work heaps hard to kind of make sure that Charlie's feeling normal and ordinary in life. And and there was lots of things that we discussed in, in the training session, which we won't go into full detail now, of for, of how she should remedy this situation so that we can, you know, find a clear path moving forward. It's just that the way to prevent it would have been, and I'm going to give a couple of tips now, is making sure that you do individual things with your dogs. So I have three dogs, Spades, Nookie, and Chili. And regularly, like on the daily, when I feed them, I feed them in separate parts of the house. I could feed them all lined up next to each other and stand there and teach them how to not eat each other's food and all that, but I can't be bothered. (laughs) And I've been doing it forever with my other dogs. So... In this case, it's just easy for me since I'm juggling a lot more these days. I put their dogs in, in their individual areas. And sometimes, like yesterday, I forgot about the dogs. They were in the individual area for like an hour and a bit. And there was no barking. There was no freaking out. There was no howling. Dogs just gone, oh, I'm on my own. I guess it is what it is. So yes, of course, I'm managing how they eat. And I think it's really important as well, management of feeding time, especially when it's bone, bone night and high value food because you don't want dogs to fight amongst each other or develop any bad habits. Or in my case, no one will fight, just spades and spades will leave his bowl if anyone else goes up to it. Even if the kitten walks up to the bowl, he walks away from it um, because, you know, he's a bit of a sook. So because of that, I need to make sure that he eats all of his food. I don't know if I leave all the food out and then I come back, oh, it looks like all the food's eaten, but... Chili's been eating all the food the last five days. I mean, Spades hasn't been eating anything. That's no good. So that's the reason why I separate them. But on the byproduct, indirectly, I'm teaching, I'm reinforcing the fact that they can spend time on their own, completely on their own, and not have to be joined to the hip with each other. So I remember, and I'm pretty sure I've shared this story multiple times on the podcast before, so apologies. But when I had Ace and Spades, Ace was around two years old, and he started having epileptic seizures. And on the day that his seizure occurred, just before our walk, I had to take Spades for his walk on his own. And Spades was one year old at the time, so I had him for one year. And I started walking the dog, and Spades was freaking out, really spaced out, looking from side to side, very anxious. And I'm like, what's wrong with this dog? And then I started to think, oh my gosh, he is super anxious and freaking out because Ace is not with us. And I thought I was important to Spades, but apparently not. The fact that Ace wasn't with us made Spades very anxious and nervous and fearful because it was something that he has never really experienced while staying with us. And that was a moment where I thought, we must walk multiple dog homes, that we must walk the dogs and train the dogs and do many different activities individually as well as collectively. So that's a takeaway for, for today. You have three dogs at home. Can you take one for a walk? Come back, take the other one for a walk. Can you come back, take the other one for the walk? Can you bring one inside, leave the other ones outside? Can you bring them both inside, leave one outside? Find your variations and your variables and of what you need to do to make sure that your dog can spend a significant amount of time on their own and a significant time away from the pack and be, and with you. So, if, so the easiest way is put your dog on a leash, go in the front yard and practice a training session or going for a walk. That's like the easiest way to do that. If... Alison did that with Jake and Charlie, then 
it wouldn't be as much of a big blow just because they spent every waking moment together. You think about it, so, so close together. And now they're not with each other. That's where it can become a problem. So that's one of the tips that I want to share with you guys today. Only add an extra dog in your pack if you, as the human and the family, is keen for another dog, not because you think your existing dog needs a dog. Now, I'm pretty sure we've done an episode of this one as well. So go through the episode list and find this one. But I think that's the most important. I think you can have 10 dogs if you want. I don't care. Me personally. I And also you have to you know, f- fulfill the council's requirements. I'm pretty sure here in Monterey, in our council, we're only allowed to have four dogs per household. I'm pretty sure. But regardless, if you want to have as many dogs as you want, you personally, that's fine. Just don't be getting in another dog because you think your dog needs another dog. The problem with that is that, oh, my dog's bored. He'll, be, he'll benefit from having a dog. I'm not really keen on getting another dog, but I'm going to get it for my friend, my, my, my dog, Benji. So we get the dog for Benji. Now there's just craziness. Remember, one plus one is two, but in this case, it's two times two makes it even more crazy. Four times the amount of effort when it comes to untrained dogs. So if, and then of course, on top of that, making sure that your dog is everything that you want prior to adding another dog. So if you're thinking about getting another dog, then make sure that your dog knows lucid walking, basic obedience, has some good structure inside and outside of the home. You can manage them properly. You can put them outside. There's no separation, distress, no crazy destructive behavior. Of course, the odd ordinary dog behavior, a destructive behavior, a bark here and there, obviously, like I'm not saying, I'm saying like extreme distress when being left alone. You don't want to have two dogs freaking out because you think, oh, I'll get another dog so my dog's with somebody. So that it stops him from barking, but you may just have two dogs barking. Um, and that could be a lot more stressful for you. So that's something else to think about. And also making sure that you spend that quality one-on-one time with each dog. I think that's also a, a good valid point. There's another point that I've written here is that it's hard giving love evenly to three dogs at my house. So if I'm, the other day I was just on the ground pulling out a couple of weeds Nookie come over, I'm starting patting her. Chili's like, oh my God, Pat's, he comes over, pats me. Then Spades comes next to me and the cat comes in between me. I'm like, oh, I've only got two hands and I've got to pat four animals, three dogs, one cat. And what a problem to have, right? But the problem here is that sometimes I can't be bothered trying to, like it's it's easy. If you have two dogs, one sits on your lap, the other one sits next to you, you pat them. Oh, I love you, doggy, so much. You can spend a you know a little bit of quality time, but it's hard when you've only got two hands. You're patting two dogs. The other one gets up. You're like, no, come back over here. The other one there. The other one throws a toy here. And again, it's not even a big problem at all, obviously. But I think it's interesting to see that we accumulate the dogs, but sometimes it's hard to be able to tend to all of their needs when accumulating so much. So making sure, and I've seen clients, I've been to clients' houses where they've accumulated way too many dogs and they have no business accumulating even one dog, let alone three or four dogs. Some people can be a little bit negligent. Some people get way too over there. They get way too ambitious for their situation. Some children, well, you know, young adults, acquire, you know, they have a family dog, the son acquires a dog or two, they move out, now parents are stuck with three dogs, and they didn't, they only wanted one dog, so, you know, or some people just accumulate the dogs, people getting rid of them, we feel so bad, we accumulate all the dogs, now, what do we do with all these animals, so, things to just pay attention to, and to consider, which is 
the point of today's episode. And I want to finish on a little bit more of a technical piece, something that if you are a multi, if you live in a multi-dog home, what should you do when it comes to rewarding and training the dogs when they're all together? I think it's very valid. So for example, I call my dogs to come. Now, if I said come to Chile, he's not coming to me because come is not his, his command. But if Nookie and Nookie and Spades are over there and I said come, both of them generally come to me. With Chili, I say Ella, Greek word for come. He comes to me, and there you go. So last night, and I've been meaning to record this and put it up on the socials, but every time I walk my dogs, it's night time, and it's very hard to get some good quality video. But the next time the sun's up and I'm walking my dogs, I'll get this video. Stay tuned on my Instagram, and you'll see it. So for and with space, so just so you know, with space, I don't really train him. I don't need to. Don't really have to. And he's pretty happy to go for his walks. He's twelve and a half years old. He can do whatever he wants. But with Chili and Nookie, they are still young, still high energy, still require the ball, need their exercise, need their stimulation. So literally yesterday, when a lady was walking past with her dog, with the puppy, she had a family with her, I told my dogs to lay down, and Spades lay down too. Puppy walked past, I gave Chili's marker, chop, threw the ball, then gave Nookie's marker, bang, I threw her ball. When they both bring their ball back to me, I tell them to down. Down me, for if I say down to them, then both of them will lay down because they both share that same command. But then if I said spin to Nookie, middle to Nookie, and bang, and I reward her, I could also then say twirl to Chili, mesa, which means middle to Chili, and then chop. So I'm not confusing my dogs when I'm rewarding them. I'm not confusing when I'm giving commands. I do have a, a similar recall, so that can be confusing if I call them to come and an immediate sort of response, I need to use two words. But if I said, here, they will all come to me. So I have an informal command that is pretty strong. So that's very important. But if I said down, all three of them will lay down. But if I said spin, middle, touch, for Nookie, if I said twirl, mesa, and tuto to Chile, those are the exact same commands, just different sounds, so I'm not confusing my dogs. I have separate markers. I go piastle to play tug with, with Chili. If I say tug, we play tug with Nookie. If I say bang, that's throwing the ball for Nookie. But if I say chup, then I'm giving the marker for the ball for Chili. So there are separate markers. There are individual commands. I'm not confusing my dogs. I can reward both of them and communicate with both of them without the confusion. Imagine they both had middle, and I said middle, and they both came between my legs, and I said bang, and they both ran for their ball. The The situation that would arise there is that I get very incomplete commands because I'm not clearly communicating to each dog. Number two is that Nookie's four kilos and Chili's 18 kilos, and she's very, very weak and sensitive. So if they both ran to my, in between my legs, I know Nookie would have a very bad time. She'd be very upset. And also, it's just not functional. So I would suggest if you have a multi-dog home and you're avidly training them start developing separate markers and separate commands maybe not for the basic maybe come down and sit like those are easy keep them the same but maybe your more specific trick command so that you can do a productive training session i think it's important there that you must make sure that you have clear communication it means that you're becoming more clear with what you want from your dogs and also it's cool as well that you can tell one dog to do something while the other dog waits and you can train two dogs at once. Awesome. 
And if you have three dogs and they're all keen for it, then you have three separate markers and three separate commands for certain ones. Not all the time that's that's important because sometimes you may be able to tether one or two dogs, walk away in context, your dog starts to realize, oh, when you're giving commands and markers for one, something's for me. But again, when your dogs are off the lead and you want them to be close to you, then that, that communication piece is quite important. So those are the notes that I wanted to discuss in today's podcast. I hope everyone listening has benefited. If there's any questions, please don't hesitate to hit me up either through Instagram or on Facebook. Excuse me. First thing in the morning today, and I've got a little bit of indigestion. So if I'm having little pauses, it's only because my body's still waking up. I've got a massive full day today. So I'm going to quickly wrap this up because I need to get out there and train some dogs. So yes, if you have any questions, please DM us on Life With Your Dog podcast and or on NP Dog Training, which is my private page and um if there's any topic suggestions that you want us to cover or if there's any guests that you want us to have on the show i do highly recommend that you reach out to us and let us know or get them to reach out to us or any topics discussions anything that you would like us to to um, answer or to talk more in detail about um always love the the listeners um input so please hit us up and until next time you have a great day and Train your dog. Have a good day, guys. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips, and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training my website npdogtraining.com or my youtube channel nutris pooches thanks for listening guys my name is luke if you'd like to find out more about my dog training services you can find me at www.kizuna that's k-i-z-u-n-a canine c-a-n-i-n-e dot com dot au uh, i'm also on instagram at kizuna canine training thanks again and we'll see you next time